0: People in my team, they were not working remotely, so it was kind of a weird situation at the beginning, so I had to get used to that. But I have to say that after just a few months, I really start enjoying it, (laughs) and I saw so many advantages of that.
1: With the plan, of the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now, let's dive into the episode. Hey, Juliana, welcome to the show.
0: Nice to be here. Thanks for the invitation.
1: How's your summer so far?
0: It's good. It's very warm. I'm in Europe this summer. (laughs) So there is like a heat wave in here. It's quite hot. But yeah, that's how it should be in summer. So it's all good here.
1: Yeah. And as you know, with my podcast, it's about helping career professionals get to the next level. And a lot of people took the summer off. As you know, the slowest hiring season is the summer and then close to the end of the year. But as we are getting into September, we're recording this six days before September. So when this episode gets released, it'll be released in early September. And that's when the job search will start ramping up again. A lot of people are coming back from vacation. They're starting to look at filling up various openings in their companies to get ready to close off the year strong. However, from employee perspective, as things go back to more of a normal working environment, a lot of companies, as you are aware, are trying to bring back people back at the office more often than before. When there was still uncertainty with COVID, they were very relaxed in terms of, yeah, you can come to the office a little bit, but it's not mandatory. But from what I've heard, a lot of companies are now trying to make it more mandatory to come a certain amount of days during the week. And this news doesn't go well for some professionals out there that has a good work from home schedule so some are looking more of a relaxed work environment where they can set their schedule in terms of when they want to come in or your specialty a fully remote job so i wanted to bring you on today to discuss how professionals can pivot and get a full-time remote role if their current company is looking to bring them back more into the office in the fall and for the foreseeable future so before we get to that, tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of your recruitment experience and how you got into the remote working niche.
0: Perfect, Max. So my background is in psychology and I also have a master's in HR and I worked as an international recruiter for 15 years. So after that, I needed a change. I wanted a professional change and I wanted to travel more. There was one of my main motivations to go towards a fully remote job. I was already working remotely since 2014. I was based in Spain, but working remotely already. So I started a bit earlier than most of people that I know, actually. And at some point, it was great. I was very used to working from home and having the flexibility, organizing my own schedule, but I wanted to be able to travel more. So I decided to quit my job, start my own business. And for me, the next almost natural career change at that point was to Use all the background, all the experience, all the knowledge that I had by being a recruiter for so many years and working remotely also for so many years and use both things to help professionals to also live the same lifestyle that I wanted to live. So it was kind of changing sides because as a recruiter, I was serving the company right? I was helping companies to find the right candidates. But what I do now is that I help candidates to find the right company for them and to speed up the process. So I still do the same thing, just from a different perspective. And yeah, that's how I got into coach. And remote work is something that has been present in my own life since 2014. So nine years already.
1: (laughs) So you were doing remote work before it became a thing during the pandemic?
0: Yes, I was. And it was funny how it started because I was working as a recruiter for a cruise company and I was recruiting candidates all over the world. I was traveling a lot to interview them. And at some point there was some internal changes in the company and they told me that I had basically two options. I could be laid off, could leave the company or I could resign and they would hire me again in another company of the group. It was seven groups, so I was going to do the same, still be an international recruiter, but working for a different group. So I was like, obviously I want to remain in the company, right? But then from one day to the other, I couldn't go to the office anymore because the office I used to go, the physical office, was belonging to one company. And since 1st of January, 2014, I started working for another company from the same group. So I had to start working remotely i didn't choose that i didn't know how it was going to be people in my team they were not working remotely so it was kind of a weird situation at the beginning So I had to get used to that. It was not my initial choice at the beginning. But I have to say that after just a few months, I really start enjoying it. (laughs) And I saw so many advantages of that. There was a lot of requirements for me, like where am I going to work physically? Like which room of the house am I going to work? How am I going to organize my schedule? I work the same hours or not? What about my lunch break? So small details. How do I keep motivated? How do I have meetings I mean it was not as much common to have meetings on zoom for example like we have now we're talking back in 2014 so I had to relearn several aspects of how to get work done and still be part of a team being away from the office but it went out very well for me and I ended up moving to the city where the new office was located and I gave it a try I was like I'm gonna go back to the office now as I'm living in the same city but it didn't work out to me anymore. So there was no way back. And now it's 100% a choice for me <laughs> to be able to work from anywhere.
1: So there's obviously good benefits to remote work, but another concern that people have is overworking. And what I mean by that is when things were normal, you would go to the office for nine, you would leave at five, and then there's a barrier between personal and professional life, right? But now yes. but with remote work from studies, it shows that people have been working more Yes, although it's more productive, they are working more hours because there's no balance anymore because their work life and home life are in the same area. How do people establish boundaries to ensure that they are maximizing their remote work environment without being burnt out?
0: This is something that will always be present when you work remotely. How to balance your working hours and actually live in a way that you can disconnect from work at some point and you still get things done. It's not easy. And probably every person will have a different way to manage that. But one thing that definitely helps is to literally close the laptop and leave the work phone, if you have a work phone, on a separate room. Because otherwise, as soon as the lights start blinking on the phone, it's like almost natural that we go there and check. It's just an email. I'm just going to reply that, Or, oh, I can just do this today. I'm not doing anything or I'm waiting for my partner for dinner. I have happen now. I'm just going to finish that project. So if we can physically leave things in one a different place or even put inside a bag and physically you're not seeing your laptop on the table, on the same room that you are all the time, that helps. So you remove the work things from your vision because then somehow you're telling your brain like okay I'm not in my workspace anymore that's one thing. Another thing that helps if you have a proper workspace, if you have a separate room for that. Close that door and try not to do other things in that room. So that's the room where I work but it's also the room where I play with my kids or where I read or where I do yoga. If possible not everybody has a big space but as much as possible have a separate workplace because when you enter that Room where when you sit in that table or in that chair, you automatically associate that your work. And then when you leave that, you somehow disconnect a bit from that. Those are like physical things that you can remove far away from your laptop. That helps somehow. Also have conversations with your team about it because it's hard to disconnect from work if your manager on the other day is gonna say, Hey, but I sent you an email. At 6 p.m. you didn't reply. So, you know, if there is no support from the team, if it's not a company's culture that we do respect the employee's time and the working hours, it's more difficult. So if everybody's on the same page, it is easier and it's totally worth it to have a conversation about it. And also put a limit. I have this conversation with a lot of friends that are working remotely since recently and they ask the same question. How do I do when I realize it's 9 p.m., I'm still here with my laptop. I'm eating a sandwich in front of you know, the laptop and all of that. So there is no easy way, I would say, to deal with that. But sometimes put in an alarm clock and say, okay, I should finish at six. So maximum seven when my alarm clock rings, I'm leaving because we need to be more intentional about it. And nobody will say, hey, you can go home. That's it. And offer today. So we need to be this person putting limits and taking care of ourselves because otherwise, yeah, burnout is on the right door, actually.
1: Yeah. And and a similar situation is going on vacation. And the thing is with technology now, your company's email is on your corporate device or even personal device, depending on how the company operates. And you can't help but check the email because you get these notifications. So what is some advice on that as well?
0: If you're on holidays, If possible, don't bring the company phone and the laptop, if it's possible, right? Because once you have it, the temptation of, okay, I'm just going to check and just reply that email that I was expecting and all of that. So if it's possible, don't bring it because if you don't have it with you, then there is no way you're going (laughs) to be tempted to answer that. But if you have to, or I don't know, you can't just leave the phone behind for some reason. I would say just decide like 30 minutes in the morning i'm going to dedicate to do that and do whatever is urgent and then you disconnect and then if you're going to the beach then leave the phone in the room and then while you're in the beach you might still think about work i mean that's harder to disconnect but at least you don't have the device on your bag and then you just you know grab it and start checking the emails as if you were in the office so sometimes it's a matter of yeah i leave the device far away and also tell like family members or your friends that are on holidays with you and say hey if you see that I'm Too much time on the phone, just let me know. I might not realize because we do it automatically, right? And just let me know. Hey, stop that. Come here. Let's talk. Let's do something. So also kind of ask for help to other people who are on holidays. It might bring this awareness to us because we are so used to be answering emails all the time that we might not realize. We don't do it on purpose. It's just like we are used to do that. So, yeah, but not easy. I agree.
1: Yeah, for sure. And obviously, people who want to do remote work know the pros, right? Flexibility of your schedule, which is the biggest one, right? And then saving commute time. However, what are some additional cons besides the overworked and established boundaries that you see with remote work? Because employees right now, they might be wanting to do remote work out of spite. What I mean by that is, they had a nice work from home situation. And now the company wants them to come back. And now they're getting angry. So they want to get fully remote job just to make sure that their schedule is maintained. But from a logical perspective, what are some additional cons of doing a fully remote job? Because yes, there are benefits and there might be more benefits than cons, but you do have to weigh both sides of the situation. So what are some of the cons that you have experienced and your clients have experienced with a remote work from home environment?
0: Yeah, I still think there are way more pros, like good things about working from home. That's one thing. And another thing is that Working from home is different than working remotely because remote. when you work remotely, you can work from different places that is not only home, right? So work from home was what we all had to do during the pandemic because there was a new situation, there was fear involved, and then suddenly we had to be locked down at home and keep working. So just to make this differentiation that working from home is not the same thing as working remotely. Working remotely means that you can work from a place that is not the office. So it could be home, and it will probably be sometimes, but it can be a working space. It can be a holiday house that you rent. It can be a friend's place. It can be a coffee shop. So there is this variety of places that remote work includes That is not only the working from home. That said, let's talk about the downsides or the issues that people might face when they work remotely. So loneliness, feeling lonely, like don't see people during the day because if you are just working from your home if you're not making the most of the other spaces also that you can work and you work eight hours per day you might not see many people so you wake up you have your breakfast do a couple of things here and there in the house and then you sit to work and you finish six or seven and then it's already night time you're going to have dinner so feel lonely it's one of the challenges for people who work fully remote, especially if you're recently coming from working from the office where you had your colleagues. So maybe you're not really getting along well with your colleagues. (laughs) We don't choose our work colleagues, right? Sometimes we get along well with them, sometimes not really. But still, you had people around you all the time if you were working in the office environment. So when you go to work from home or from any kind of remote environment, you need to be intentional about meeting people connecting with people, making friends, calling your friends and say, hey, let's have dinner, let's have lunch, let's have a coffee or signing up for activities, things that you like to do so you meet people with the same interests and then you can leave the house, you do some physical exercise, you sign up for a gym. So feeling lonely and seeing your social life kind of go very weak is one of the things that can happen when you work remotely. So you need to be intentional about it We already spoke about overworking, right? That could end up being a burnout. And also struggle with situations that if you were in the office, they could be easily solved. So for example, when you have an issue with your computer or you don't know how to use an Excel formula or something like that, in the office, you just literally turn your head and say, hey, can you just you know, check my screen and all of that? That feels more natural. But when you work from home, you need to speak up. You need to be proactive and you need to ask for help with the things that you don't know how to solve because there is nobody passing by behind your table and say, hey, what what is happening? Like, why you look confused, what is going on? So you need to speak up. And I know it's hard for some people or they were not stimulated to do that before, right? Because they will think that they are bothering others or they might feel that they will see him as someone that is complaining about something. And it's not that. It's like, I need assistance. I need help. So speak up is something that can be a struggle to people, but it's extremely important when people work remotely. Everything related to communication, maxing all levels, like written communication via email or on a chat, writing documents to have a a clear tracking of all the processes that we are following in the company, video communication, right? Being able to be in front of a camera and speak and make a presentation and fight for your ideas and all of that is not. Super easy for some people, but everything related to communication is a must when you work remotely.
1: All right. So we've discussed the pros, the cons. So my listeners have, okay, so I evaluate everything. I still want to do remote work. How do I get my first fully remote job? So walk us through how you work with your clients in regards to finding or establishing a strategy to execute for that target of getting that remote job
0: this is the one million question, right? How to land a remote job? (laughs) How can I get there? Everybody's talking about remote jobs. Most of people tried it a little bit during the pandemic. And then now some people are like, I definitely want to do that. I don't want to go back to the office. I know I can be productive. I can do my job from home and I still have time to enjoy my life, to take care of all the areas of my life. I save more time. I have more energy. I enjoy more. So that's Pretty much the one million question. Whenever I speak to a client or to someone that is considering landing a remote job, my first question is, which kind of remote job are you looking for? Because that's a very common mistake that people do. They just say, I want a remote job. And a remote job, it doesn't exist like A thing, only one thing that we can call remote job. There are several remote jobs in different industries, in different areas, in different departments, in different levels. So first thing is to understand which kind of remote job are you looking for? And then another mistake that I see is that people say, oh, I'm open to any kind of remote job. You know, Juliana, any kind of remote. And it's like, no, that's a mistake again. You are not good to do anything. Like nobody is. So we have a background, we have some studies, we have experience, we have skills. So as much as possible, try to align your next career step, the next job you want to get, your next remote job, with what you can do already, with your experience, with your background. The other option is that, look, I'm not happy with what I have been doing the past 10, 15 years. I want a career change. And on the top of that, I want a remote job. That's perfect, but that's another thing. So we need to see. Still, I will ask you which kind of career change, like towards which direction, right? You want to go, and then you need to prepare for that. Do you need to learn something? Do you need to attend a course? Do you need to do an internship to learn about it? So in any case, to start this journey of landing a remote job, it's important that you know which kind of remote job are you looking for. Stop thinking that a remote job is just one thing that you're going to get. No, we need to narrow down to what is your experience, your skills. Which kind of company you want to work? Is it a startup? Is it a big company? Is it a medium-sized company? Which department are you going to do? Do you want to lead people? Are you okay with a more administrative position? So all those things that we need to talk about in any kind of career move, right? We still need to have this conversation when it comes to remote jobs. So that's one of the first things. And then I work with everything related to clarity. Once you know, more or less at least, which kind of remote job you're looking for. It's important to acknowledge where you are now in your career, what is happening in your career and in your life. Where do you want to get? So we look at the future a bit and we dream here to visualize your ideal life and job and career. And then we work on the options that are available for you to get there. So we need to understand the steps and the steps you're willing to take. If you want a career change, for example, but you know nothing about the new area, well, you're going to need to put some time to learn, right? To practice that. So are you going to attend a course? Are you going to go back to the university? Are you going to accept a more junior position to learn that? Are you going to get a certification online? So we need to understand which are the steps that are available. Real thing. I'm not here talking about abstract things. I'm really talking about being very grounded and see which are the steps to land the remote job that you want to land. And then we define a strategy to get there, but it always starts with clarity. Where are you? Where do you want to get? And then we create a road map to take you from point A to point B. That's the clarity part. After that, the next step is to reflect all of that in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile, and in your cover letter. So it's time to share the news, share to the world the good professional that you are. What things can you do? Which kind of job are you looking for? So you are prepared to later on apply to jobs that also will start attracting companies and recruiters who are looking to that profile. So it's also a very common mistake that professionals want to land a remote job, but they don't mention that in any place in their LinkedIn profile, in their resume. So I read their documents, I'm like, I would never guess that you're looking for a remote job. Oh, shall I say that? Yes, yes. Actually, in a very clear way. So you need to reflect that in your documents because that's the message you're sharing with the world. So the next step is always reflect on LinkedIn, cover letter, and your resume that you are ready to work remotely. You have the skills. If you have previous experience, we obviously mention that. So you revamp, you fix those documents to share the clear message with the world, right? Then Mindset. Is also extremely important, and as I said, I worked as a recruiter for many years. Uh, my background is in psychology, so I know that mindset is important for everybody in every step of their career, but especially when you are a job seeker, because that brings a lot of vulnerability. And if you start hearing no's in the process, that might affect your self-esteem. If the process take longer than you thought it was going to take, it's very easy to start thinking like, "Am I dreaming too high with this?" Idea of landing a remote job. Maybe I should just settle for what I have. That's a very common thing I hear from my clients. Or also, well, there are only IT jobs available. So unless I work in IT, I'll never really be able to land a remote job. Or, well, maybe I'm willing to accept a pay cut to work remotely because I don't think I'll ever land a remote job that pays well. So all those limiting beliefs that will most likely come up during the coaching process, it's important to address them instead of just say, okay, that's bullshit. I don't want to think about it. No, we need to acknowledge those limiting beliefs and see how we can deal with them because they might help us to keep moving or they might stop the process. So I saw people giving up in the process because they're like, I don't think I'm going to make it. That's too hard. And it's interesting because the competition for remote jobs lately is very high, right? Now, all the attention is going for remote jobs. So people who were never thinking about it two years ago, before the pandemic, three years already, almost, they are also considering remote jobs now. So the competition is very high. So it's easy to feel doubtful during the process. And it's also normal. But The thing is, how do you work your mindset to keep going despite feeling low in some moments, despite having doubts and despite receiving some notes on the process. So I also like to work the mindset part because it's extremely important for every job seeker. Next step I work with my clients is different job searching strategies. And that's funny because some people are like, oh so I was not supposed to be applying for jobs until now, etc. Exactly. There are so many things that we need to do before you start applying for jobs, right? I always say, like, clean the house first, organize everything, and then later on, you will start applying for jobs because that's not the most effective strategy to land a remote job in 2022. So you will still apply for jobs. I help my clients with that. We test different strategies. We see the results. We adjust the process, but applying for jobs is just one of the strategies. It's not the main one, and it's not the most effective one. So we also cover that part. But we also cover networking, for example. That's another pillar of my methodology the importance of networking. This word is kind of empty already because everybody now says, Oh, you need to network. Oh, network is important. But then at some point, it's like, What are you talking about? Like, what is networking actually? Is it sending a cold message to someone on LinkedIn? Is it right to a recruiter and say, Hey, I saw that you posted a job. Can I send you my resume? Is this the kind of networking? No, <laughs> it's not. So there are different layers of networking. And I like to work on the three layers with my clients. So the first layer is network with people that already knows you and already trust you. So probably ex-work colleagues, your former boss, your neighbors, your friends, your cousins, so people who already know you and trust you. We tend to forget this first layer of network because it's like, no, but my friends you never help me to land a job, right? I don't know. I know so many cases of friends who knew someone that ended up referring the person to a job. So we need to pay attention to this first layer of network, people that we already know. Then the second layer that I also work with my clients is the strategic people that they want to connect with that are working in the remote companies they want to work for. So before that, we make a list of their dream companies, dream remote companies. So we work on identifying remote companies that are aligned with the industry they want to work, the kind of culture, companies' culture, similar values and all of that that offer the flexibility they are looking for. So once they identify their dream remote companies, we make a target networking strategy to connect with key people on those companies. So that's the second layer of the network. You proactively Go for the key people you want to connect with. And then the third layer of networking is that you start attracting people to your profile. That happens a lot on LinkedIn. For example, once your LinkedIn profile is optimized, right keywords, right activity, the right content, connect with the right people, then people start coming to you. Recruiters send you a message. They want to interview you, a company contact you, a hiring manager just send you a message or reply to your post. So this is the third layer that you start attracting the right people because the message you're sharing is clear. So I work all those three layers with my clients about networking. Also how to tap into the hidden job market, right? The jobs that are not posted anywhere, they do exist. They're normally very good. And there are statistics that say that like 80% of the jobs, they are not posted anywhere. So how to tap into the hidden job market. And finally, the last pillar that I work with my clients is everything related to interview preparation and salary negotiation. So what is different between a regular job interview and an interview for a remote company, right? Which kind of questions shall I expect? Which kind of skills they will pay more attention, which are the benefits that I can negotiate once I receive the offer? What can I expect from a remote company? So yeah, it's a very complete program.
1: you provided a lot of value to my audience in the past, i say, five, 10 minutes. So I really appreciate you sharing <laughs> all your insights and strategies on how you work with your clients to get that remote job. But there's also, from what you gave, there's also a few questions I wanted to address. And the first one is, What's the difference between applying to a regular job, whether it's full time in the office or hybrid compared to a fully remote job? What's the difference in, as you said, interview questions, application process that my listeners should prepare for? Because, again, if you're preparing for as a regular job and you might not be setting yourself up for success because a remote job interview process might be different.
0: Before the interview, let's talk about the application process. So applying for the job might be the same. You can click in the easy apply on LinkedIn, which by the way, I don't recommend, but you can do that, or you can go on the company's website and apply for the job. So applying for the job itself is the same thing, but probably it won't really open that many doors to you because remote jobs, they do attract a lot of people. So it's normal to see one remote position open two, three days ago with 500 candidates applying for that. So if you just apply for the job, the chances that your resume actually move forward and you land an interview are quite small. So everything that you can do before that, before clicking the apply button, including networking with people in that company, talking to them actually not only connecting, but exchanging messages and having conversations, landing informational interviews. So really understanding and and having people in the company that when they see your application, your name already rings a bell to them. It's like, oh, Max, I I know Max. Max is that guy I have been talking on. Oh, nice. Let me check here. So once you apply for the job, it shouldn't be the first time the company hear your name. They should know already. Or they should even say, hey, Max, that position that we were talking about, it's open now. Have you applied? So the application should be just step, I don't know, four or five in the process. You should be working already with that company, with the people working there. Why is that? Because as the competition is high, anything that you can do to stand out from others, but stand out in a positive way, then you should do. So all the things before applying for the job are very important. Also, remote work recruitment process, they tend to be long because they might never see you in person, that company, right? So they want to make sure that you are the right person, that you have the skills and all of that. So be ready for long recruitment process. And when I say long, I had a client from the US also, we had a session two days ago, and she was sharing that she did eight job interviews for a position. And spoiler, she did not Land the job. That's why she ended up landing me, uh, hiring me because she was like, Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing about 18 to So be ready for long process assignments also because the company wants to see you in action. They want to see if you can actually deliver work. Remote work is a lot about results. So it's not that much, oh, you dress in a certain way. You are the funny guy in the office. It's nice to have you around. It's like, Yeah, you might not be funny, but if you're great doing your job, that's what most of remote companies will go for. So you need to several times demonstrate during the recruitment process that you're good at what you do. And then also everything counts during the process, because imagine that the recruiter sent you an invitation for a Zoom interview, right? And then you receive the email, there is at the bottom of the email, the option to confirm the interview or to decline the interview. If you don't confirm the interview, the recruiter won't really know if you are accepting The interview or not. And then you might say, oh, but I didn't pay attention. Or yeah, I assumed that because, no, no, stop assuming. Everything in the process is part of the evaluation. So if you reply to the email and you say, yes, I received, all confirmed, all good, if you click the yes button. So I know companies, remote companies, that they say, I eliminate candidates who don't accept, that's a real case, who don't accept a Zoom interview. Because they are not confirming. So I don't know if they are interested. So those details count. And they count because when you're working remotely, you need to confirm that you are attending a meeting. Otherwise, your manager won't know that you're attending that. So everything during the process will be taken into consideration, probably way more than when you're doing a recruitment process for a regular office job, right? So pay attention to the details is something that recruiters will be checking all the time. The way you communicate obviously, and you communicate with your words, but you communicate with an email, you communicate with your body language, you communicate with your face when you're doing a, You know, maybe you say, oh yeah, I'm very happy for this job. Yeah, that's exactly what I want to. And, And they don't see that in your face. Your face is expressing something different. So yeah, everything communicates in the process. And I would say, be good at what you do, because as the competition is high, remote companies, they can be very picky. And as pretty much everyone now wants to work remotely, companies can be picky and they don't need to be restricted only in the U.S., only in Canada. They can hire people from everywhere. So being good at what you do, be qualified, express all of that in your resume, in your LinkedIn profile. So they say, oh, this is a good professional. I want to definitely talk to that person. So when it comes to interview questions, right, if you make it all (laughs) towards an interview, Well done already, but then you still need to perform well in the interview. I would say that apart from the classical interview questions that we should expect already on an interview, be ready to answer things related to the remote work environment. So if you have experience working remotely and here definitely you must mention if you work remotely during the pandemic yeah but my contract was not remote yeah but i just worked remotely for one year yes but now i'm back in the office it doesn't matter if you work remotely for even a short period of time make sure you mention that in your resume in your LinkedIn profile and of course also in the job interview so make the most of that time and share the details Tell how you organize yourself, how was the experience, which things you learned. So if you have a one-week experience working remotely, make sure you talk about it. That's important to mention that in the interview. Also, be ready to answer like which tools do you use to work remotely. So if you are familiar with things like Zoom, Slack, Asana, Trello, Google Drive, all those things, make sure you mention because we, we take for granted now. Oh, but that's obvious, right? No, it's not obvious. you got to say that. Even in your documents before, but in the interview, make sure you mention that. Demonstrate that you have the skills that it takes to work remotely. So it might change a little bit from one company to the other, but anything related to time, management, being proactive, looking for solutions when your computers stop working. What are you going to do? You need to be able to do something. Be tech savvy. It doesn't mean you need to be a developer and be able to open your laptop and fix things. Far away from that. But you cannot be scared with you know if something pops up on the screen and you don't know what to do. So be tech-savvy, extremely important. Communication. I know I said that before, but I'm gonna say again because it's one of the key things that we need to make remote work work is communication. Speak up. I also mentioned that. If you're struggling with something, if you didn't understand something, if you need more support, just say that. People won't read your mind. Especially through a webcam, it's even more difficult. So just ask for help and and share when you need help with whatever. Yeah, there are more. But like demonstrate that you have the skills that it takes to work remotely. And yeah, share examples. If you have that, look like I'm okay working at home alone. I can organize my time. And then you mention examples. So if you can always go back to achievements and share real situations that you were able to manage your time, you're able to find a solution for something you could communicate with a client or virtual that worked out well. So demonstrate those things during the job interview and be ready to be asked specific questions about how do you organize your workday? How do you define what is which task is a priority? If you need to get an answer and the person is not answering your email, what are you going to do? If you don't like something your manager did, how are you going to do? Because you have never seen him, you won't ever see him, How are you going to fix this situation? So these kind of questions could easily happen.
1: And going back to what you said about the competition, right? There's a lot of competition for remote jobs. There was this article where an Airbnb promoted their new work from home policy and their website on the careers page got 100,000 hits. It was, it was a lot of hits. So I remember that. About, in yeah,
0: like yeah. one day, right? It went crazy. Yeah, Everybody yeah, applied day. for jobs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so with that, with the competition, with so many applicants for these remote jobs, you mentioned networking, right? So obviously you still have to apply because even you network, from my experience and working with professionals, is that, yes, it's good to network, but you still have to apply because your application still has to be in the system. But my question for you is, do you have a better chance of getting that remote job by like targeting a few companies and networking and building relationships compared to going on like flex jobs and applying to every remote job that you see?
0: Both strategies, they complement each other. Okay, so there is the application part, but I like to approach this part as 20% of your time and effort and 80% the other strategies that first, most of people don't do because they don't know how to do and they find it complicated. Second, they take more time. So, everything related to networking should be done from today on and it will keep going because networking will open doors for you now in three years, in five years, promotion within the remote company also. So, the networking should always be there. And if you have someone to refer you for the job that you need to build up, the relationship until a certain point that you say, hey, I saw a job offer in your company. I would love to apply because that's exactly what I, I want to do. Can you present my resume? Oh yes, definitely. Let's do that. You need to build up this relationship. But there is also the applying for jobs part. But I would say I teach my clients to focus more time and energy into the networking referral. But obviously there is a limit. So if you still don't know anyone in that company, the position is open, what are you gonna do? Wait for two, three weeks to build up a relationship in a way that you can apply for the job? No, because the timing is gone already. So it's always trying to find a balance between shall I apply right now? Because I definitely already checked and I don't know anyone in that company. There is no one I can talk, ask for more information to maybe tailor a little bit more my resume before applying or asking someone to refer my resume instead of applying. If there is no one, well, you got to apply at some point because open positions, they have like timing. So if you wait six, seven, ten days, the chances that the recruiter will actually check your resume are very low. So it's finding a balance between before hitting the applying button, take a more open zoom out and see Do I know anyone in that company. Can I ask for a referral? Is it possible? Is this another way instead of the easy applying LinkedIn? Let me check if the position is open also on the website or let me apply in both. Way so you think about what else can be done, and if you can do something, you go for it. If not, then you go for the apply button. So, apply for jobs I'm not against that, I just know that just hitting the applying button before preparing for that and before tailoring your resume, creating relationships in the company, understanding if that company is worthy for you. Because remember what I said the recruitment process for remote jobs they are taking quite long. So, do you want to do eight interviews for? a company that clearly is not aligned with you, you don't like the vibe of the company, everyone complains that they do extra hours. It's like, if you don't want that, if it's not aligned, if you don't, don't focus your time and energy on that because that's going to be a waste of time. So this you should do before hitting the apply button.
1: Speaking of apply button, you spoke earlier that you don't recommend using LinkedIn Easy Apply. Why is that? Yes.
0: (laughs) Because that's what everybody does. It's very easy. The name is the Easy Apply, right? You click button. bottom. When you click, a uh, window will pop and you'll we'll say, this is the resume that we have attached. Do you want to attach another one or not? Yes or no? And then you apply. There is nothing special about it. Most of people, when they hit the Easy Apply, they use the resume that is already there on LinkedIn database. They don't really bother changing it or doing any tailoring the resume. So normally it's an easy solution when you don't have time to dedicate more time to apply to the job in a different way. So if you take the time to get to know the company before, make some adjustments in your resume, you know that you like the company and you want to do that, and then you have a tailored resume, and then you attach that resume that you already worked on it, and you apply, I'm fine with that. But normally what people do in the Easy Apply is that they click Easy Apply, the window pop up, that's the resume. Okay, that's it. They don't think much. About it, so that's what everybody else do, and that's why we have 500 applicants for a job that was open two, three days ago. So the good side of that is that I was recruited for 15 years, so I know exactly how it works. Out of 500, I can tell you that 70% of those people, maybe even more, they didn't bother to read the job description. They don't meet the requirements. They just decide, you know what? It's just easy. I'll just click twice here and that's it so most of people who apply for jobs especially easy apply they don't think about it on the other hand when you have a long application problems which i know that can be painful for the candidates because it's like wow so many questions and i had to put information that was already in my resume so it's not the most pleasant situation i know that but a longer process also eliminates people that are just lazy or they're like oh you know what i don't really want that much that position it's not worth my time so it's a way to eliminate that and they're going to have less candidates so again i'm not against the easy apply but think if you can do something with your resume if you can tailor it a little bit if you can check if someone can refer you for the position before you just go like almost as an impulse and you just click easy apply and then it's done
1: you make a good point about long interview processes or long application processes because it helps weed out candidates that might be iffy, right? For me, I've actually turned down or withdrawn my application because they wanted me to do an assignment and I just didn't want to do it. And I told them, hey, I appreciate it, but I'm going to go somewhere else, right? So yes, I know there's a balance that you don't want an overly long interview process, but you want a certain length so that you can determine whether these candidates are actually serious or not, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. And there is a fine line right? That sometimes I think that companies don't respect that. This client that did eight interviews, it's a lot of interviews. I know that Amazon, for example, normally does seven interviews. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then I keep reading posts on LinkedIn that says, well, if after five interviews, you don't know if the candidate is good or not. Maybe the problem is with your (laughs) recruitment process, right? Maybe the problem is if the person that is doing interviews. So I also think from that perspective, but yeah, there is a fine line between what is a fair process for the candidate, like you're putting your time, you are sharing your knowledge. And most of the times company will not pay you to do an assessment, right? That's common, for example, for developers, sometimes before you were approved. And then before we hire you, you do like a trial period, it's a paid one. So you're going to do this coding. And so some companies do like that, that's paid, but most of the time when you're still in the recruitment process. It's up to you if you want to put the time or not to make the assessment. And I had clients who spent like four hours preparing an assessment. So that's a lot of time. Is it fair? Is it not fair? I don't know. Sometimes I don't think it's fair. Sometimes my clients share with me, I get angry actually, but it is what it is, right? So I think there is a lot of space, even in remote companies to improve the way recruitment is done. And because I was a recruiter for so many years, sometimes I was like, really don't need this stamp in the process. And then the hiring manager was like, no, no, just do that. Just in case. It's like, you don't really need this information or this extra assessment or this extra, extra thing. The same thing as the job description, Oh, let's add. Two more languages just in case, but why if the job is going to be done in English? Well, maybe in five years we're going to expand to the French market. Yeah, but like it's still on paper. We don't know. Well, let's just ask for that. So there is a lot of space for improvement in the recruitment in general. And in my opinion, a lot of companies, they overdo it and they make a very long process. So how can we fix that? Well, it's a deeper discussion that includes the companies itself, but from the candidate perspective, my advice is always like be intentional and be careful with the companies you apply for because it's not just a button clicking in the easy apply. Once you start, you might need to dedicate a lot of time and energy to go through the process. Of course, you can always say no. You can always stop the process. Even if you receive the job offer from the company as a candidate, you're allowed to say Thank you, but I'm not interested anymore for whatever reason. You don't even need to justify yourself. But it's just, I don't think it's a good use of your time. If you're actively searching for jobs, you should have a strategy and know the kind of companies you're going for, because if you really want to work for that company, if that company is in your dream remote company list, then it's worth your time and your energy to spend five hours, four hours, whatever, in assignment, because it makes sense for you for your career, that company. But don't waste that time in a company that you're just like, ah, whatever, I just applied and not even remember the name of the company. It's just the easy apply button. That's the thing. So we need to be intentional to protect our time and energy as a job seeker because it can be exhausting, the process. So it's not about quantity. It's definitely more about quality.
1: I know our main discussion today is about finding a remote job. But let's say your clients, they land a f- remote job working with you, what is some advice that you could give to them to make sure that they stand out in the first 90 days of their remote job? It is a bit harder, I personally believe, in terms of like making a good impression. For example, if it's a standard office job, you can go in and meet everybody. But if you start off remotely, it might be a bit difficult. So what's some advice that you can provide for people who have started their fully remote job in order to stand out and hit the ground running?
0: Yeah. Oh, I love having this conversation because when you are job searching for a remote job. All your focus is in, I want to land the job, right? So when you land that, you celebrate, you're happy, but at some point it's like, so what do I do now? <laughs> How do I make this work, right? Especially if it's the first time that you're working fully remote. So understanding the expectations that the company have about you is extremely important. And sometimes we assume that we know, well, if they are hiring me as a project manager, I think they want me to do this and this and that, right? Probably yes, but we don't know. And there might be some other things that you don't know because of the kind of client or the way they do things. So the best thing is to ask and if possible to have those things on written. So what is expected from you? Which results are you expect to achieve in the next 30 days, 60 days and 90 days? Because if you have a reference... It's easier for you to know if you're getting there or if you're going far away. It's easier for you to ask for help if you see like, I have no idea how I'm going to reach this KPI here that it's supposed to reach in 30 days. So you can speak up. You can ask for help. And also, you can request training. It's like, look, I have intermediate Excel level. I use it every day, but I think I need some support because I need a more advanced Excel level. So is there any... One that can help me, you know, like you understand what is expected and you see if the skills you have are enough or if you need to learn something else. So having clarity about what is expected from you is a great way to align expectation, reduce frustration. And as I said, communication is a key thing here. So if you know what is expected, then things will happen more smoothly. So this is one way. Another way is to... Getting to know people in the company, and probably you won't do that in person, right? When I used to work in the office, I remember my first week was full of coffees and lunch with people. Now you're going to have lunch with the manager of that department. Now you go for breakfast. So there was always food and meeting people. (laughs) That's how we used to do years ago when I was working in the office. But now you need to do that virtually. So at least... One quick meeting with the head of department or the main clients that you're going to deal with or people in your team that report to you or your manager. So just make sure that you meet those people, if possible, with video, because it creates a more human connection, right? It's easier to relate to someone that you can put a face that you know, oh, he wear glasses. Oh, she has curly hair. This kind of thing makes it a bit more personal, so if possible, with video. And taking notes also, taking notes. I remember like... Almost a half notebook, paper notebook, full of notes of, this is the person, he does this, he mentioned this expression, or he named this client to so take notes because you still don't know what is relevant. So take notes of everything can be on a laptop also. <laughs> but I like notebooks sometimes, like paper notebooks, take notes of everything, because it's going to be a lot of information in your head at the beginning. So the more you put on a paper or on a file, the less risk you have to forget things later or have to ask for people to repeat again what they just told you. So be curious, take notes, and allow yourself to learn. It takes some time. It takes some time to learn. So I had the session with a client this morning, and she was working for 20 years in a company. She was not happy at all. She was burned out and all of that. And then she came work with me. And in two months, she landed her first fully remote job because she's from the healthcare area. So during the pandemic, she was still going to the clinic. She didn't work remotely during the pandemic. So this is literally her first time working remotely. So she was saying that she feels a bit anxious because she feels she should be doing more. And she started a job last Monday, 10 days ago. But she's like, then I tell myself, I'm still learning. And I'm like, exactly, that's it. So allow yourself to understand that, hey, I'm the new person (laughs) in the team. The team is already running. So it will take some time until you are familiar with the process, people and all of that. So just allow yourself to take the time. I know it can be a bit frustrating. Like I want to, be useful. I want to do more things. And even more if you are home, because when you are in an office and it's your first week, at least you talk to people, you see people around, people see that you are there seated, you know, at your table. But if you're home doing nothing, people might think, is he there? Is he working? So just make sure that you follow up, that you're reading the material that is available. You're taking notes. You're making a list of questions that you want to ask. But allow yourself to understand that the onboarding takes some time. And if it's a nice company, they will understand that and they will support you in the process. So, yeah, I think these are some of the things that people can make to be more successful when they are starting a new Remote job.
1: Awesome. And I asked this question to all my guests at the end of our conversation. What has been one big career challenge that you faced that you had to overcome to get to where you are today?
0: Mm. Well, I can share several examples, but I'm going to pick up one. <laughs> when I decided that I wanted to create my own business, to be able to travel more. It actually started with, I want to travel more. How am I going to do that? And I decided, okay, I'm going to create my own business because then I have more flexibility, right? So at that time, I was already working remotely for many years, but I was based in Spain. And apart from my full-time job as an international recruiter, I started doing freelancer jobs for two different companies, resume writing, interview preparation, LinkedIn writing, career consulting. And also I start having my own clients. So I had three major things going on in my life. I was working 12 hours per day or even more. It was like exhausting, exhausting, it was crazy. Weekends I was working even more than that. But it was a choice for my side because I wanted to make a smooth transition. I mean, this craziness was smooth for me because I didn't want to be without a source of income. So I was building up more income from the freelancer and from my own business until I was making enough money that I could stop working. All of that without touching my savings, that was the plan that I created to myself. So it was very challenging. I was working a lot. I had no social life at that time. It was for around two years, so it was hard. But it was the strategy that I created and it worked out very well. So in some moments of our career, We might need to work extra hours and make an effort. And that's very clear when you are working full-time and doing job searching on a side, right? Because it's almost like two full-time jobs, the time and the energy and the effort. So I totally understand when my clients say, that's exhausting. I say, I know, I know that. But sometimes that's the choice you make to make a more smooth transition. So that was my very challenging moment, but everything worked out well as planned but it was tight <laughs> it was very tight
1: <laughs> and congrats on all your success on your business so far and how can people reach out to you and learn more about how you can help them get their first remote job
0: yeah so my name is juliana rabbi so her name is r-a-b-b-i so i use the same name on linkedin on instagram i have a youtube channel also which has by now more than 80 videos related to remote jobs job interviews, career change, international career, use of LinkedIn, all of that. So there's also a lot of good quality and free content in my YouTube channel. Just search for Juliana Rabi. I also have my website, www.julianarabi.com. So yeah, just search for Juliana Rabi on Google, and you're going to see a lot of other podcasts and interviews and live presentations and all of that.
1: Again, I appreciate the time, Juliana. And Hope my listeners got a lot of value to get their first remote job.
0: Thank you. Thank you for the invitation, Max.
1: i <laughs>